There's a green one and a pink one and a blue one and a yellow one and they're all made out of ticky-tacky and they all look just the same. <laughs> okay, well, we worked on that. Kind of. Thank you. That was our the end of our uh, quick little jam session for our <laughs> ukulele partnership that we have going, right, Ashley? Yes. So welcome, welcome. Um, I better make note of what time it is right now. Okay, so welcome, welcome. This is episode 19 of Creative Moonlighting, and today we have a super special guest that I think we've mentioned your name repeatedly <laughs> on the past 18 episodes, but this is um, my fellow uke enthusiast and um, next door neighbor, Ashley. So say hello, hello. hello Ashley. And um, I'm really excited to have her on today because I wanted to pick her brain. We went on a walk, gosh, I think on Sunday, right? Yeah. Or I don't a know. A week ago. A week ago, we went on a walk and we had really good conversation about um, I'm going to summarize it with what I call building resilience and resolve, right? And so Ashley has so much um, to offer and is really reflective. And I wanted to give you the opportunity to really share like what our conversation was yeah. about, right? So first and foremost, Ashley, I would say like for listeners, tell a little bit about yourself, like um, what grade you're in, what you're doing, and like what's going on with you right okay, now. Okay, so I'm a fresh, well, I was a fresh when I'm yeah. a sophomore now. Um, I'm in band and that's my main activity. Yeah. And then, I mean, that's pretty much all I have time for. Band yeah. Band takes up everything. Marching so. band, well, and I think the other thing that you have to acknowledge is like, you're not just in any marching band. Y'all are like state champs, yeah. right? <laughs> so like what's a regular marching if this was not quarantine, what would a regular marching band practice schedule look um, like? It depends. So we have regular days and then sometimes we'll have two a days for the last half of marching band, like summer camp. And so the full days, um, no matter what, we get 10 hours a day and then plus weekends sometimes. Okay. Really depends. So 10 hours we'll a start day? At, yeah, 10 what? hours a day. How is that even possible? I really don't know. <laughs> um but we start for the full days, I think it's 8.30, 7.30, 30, and then we'll end at 4.30. Okay. And then throughout that day, we'll usually start with four hours of marching technique. <laughs> <laughs> marching. Your mom's calling you. Yes. Say, sorry, mom. I'll call you yeah. back. <laughs> um, starts with marching technique, and then we'll go do master classes, which is with our... Um, just preparing for all state region and then we'll finish the day with purely music focused okay um, and then the two a days we do 7 30 i can't remember what time we start to okay. i think 12 30 and then we'll come back 4 30 to 9 30. that is crazy yes and i remember when your brother ashton who we've had on the podcast too um when he was in marching band um, we would go watch like your uh, their practice performance before mm -hmm. like the major competition, right? Mm -hmm. So that's what it would have been like if there was no quarantine. Yes. But now that there's quarantine, so tell me about how your schedule's changed since March and like you're about to start school. Um, 
so we haven't really had like meetups for band during the summer because of everything going on Mm -hmm. but online school we'd meet like once every week for what we call sectionals and that's just when we meet with our section so everyone who plays same instrument as as us and did you actually meet in person no we you do it online yeah which was how do you practice it was it was so bad because we could of course we couldn't play together right so they'd make us play alone and we'd have to perform in front of everybody every time for people like me who gets really bad anxiety it was literally it was so bad oh my um, gosh i couldn't imagine like can you imagine if we would practice our ukulele together like on facetime bad and it was <laughs> that would have you know that would have been bad but um what happened which made it even worse is he'd go down so after you'd play everyone else in the class would critique you so oh, it's not shoot. just the directors everyone else would have their turn and they'd say either like something good or something bad and it just oh, like wow. maybe an hour and a half. So a actually now that you're saying that I have a question about the critiquing thing. Yeah. Like was everybody given kind of ground rules for how you're supposed to give each other feedback? No, I think I think we all kind of knew how to do it if that makes any sense because uh-huh. during the year we do a lot of playing by ourselves too. So okay. and in sectionals especially and master classes where we're learning our region band music We'll do a lot of playing on our own and then we'll get critiques from not only the teacher, but everyone else. So it's kind of a constant thing that we'll do. Um, And that's what we did for online school. And then over the summer, instead of giving us a break like every other teacher, they make us do recordings. And so we'll have a big recording that we have to do. Yeah, I would think a recording would feel a little safer because... so when you do the recording, is it just audio or is it your video too? It has to be video. Oh, crap. Yeah. God, why do they have to do that? I it's know. already awkward enough playing an instrument yeah. and then people get to look at you. Yeah, and then it makes it even worse when you're playing back the video and like going through everything. Oh, it's just Lord. It's always the worst angles. I feel like when you play an instrument, oh, you no. can't get a good angle. Oh, but. shoot. Well, um, so then you're about to start school and you're going to, you guys are doing virtual, right? Yes. Okay. I was just curious about the feedback thing because we actually did one of our early podcasts was on giving and receiving feedback. Mm -hmm. And um, one kind of thing that we shared was you should be specific with your feedback. Like it can't just be, oh, you sounded good. Like you have to be specific Mm -hmm. about why. And I was just curious if your teachers, when they told you guys that you had to offer feedback to one another, if there were like ground rules. So. I'm curious if when you go back and you have to continue doing these like online things, what kind of direction your teachers will give you for giving feedback. I mean, especially one thing that I don't know is because we do virtual, of course, for regular classes for the first three weeks, and then you choose whether you go back in or whether you stay home and continue during virtual. But if we're still having a marching season, and what they said is if you want to be a part of the marching show, you're going to have to come and we're still going to have rehearsals after school and okay. have to be there in person. Well, thank God you don't yeah. have to march and take a video of yourself. That Can would you be imagine horrid. that? <laughs> oh my gosh. You could put Matthew and me and yeah. Bodie and Bevo in the... We can be your marching yeah. your marching band, fellow marching band mates, right? So, um, okay, well, cool. I just wanted mm-hmm. to give everybody like a just a picture of what life is yeah. like for you as um almost 16 year old right oh yeah yeah once. yeah so uh, i mean you're you just you're about to finish your driver's ed you're gonna get your license and um what's 
what I will say as an, an adult, okay, is that, and I said this when I had my niece on here too, a, a bad habit that adults have is oftentimes we make the assumption that teenagers or middle schoolers don't have a lot of meaningful things to say Mm -hmm. like that they're just kind of going about their day on social media or like playing or doing whatever and that was the thing I was super impressed with when we went on our walk you know we went on a pretty good almost four and a half mile four and a half mile walk and really talked the whole time and you had so much um, perspective to offer about growing up with your mom and your dad and being in two separate households. Mm So um, we've mentioned your dad many times on the the podcast, but I'd love for you to share a little bit about like um, maybe what your experience has been from when you were younger and like maybe if you want to describe your mom and your dad a little bit too, right? So my parents got divorced when I was about four. And of course, I don't really remember anything from then. Um, But... It's, this is going to sound really sad, but I remember the one thing I remember is walking out the door for the last time. when Out, we of, really, this, out yeah, of your house here? Out of okay. my house here. Your dad's house. Yeah. And okay. so that's the one thing I remember, but it turns out, even though I don't really remember, you know, the situation, what it was like. Yeah. Apparently, I took it really hard as a kid and I'd start like shunning my mom and I turned to Calandra down oh, there yeah. since Emily and I were like Our friends. neighbor. Mm-hmm. And when say we had an event where both my parents were there i'd just be really rude to my mom and all that okay because i guess for some reason i blamed it on her okay because yeah it would make sense you think you're physically being removed from a space Mm -hmm. that you love to be with one other parent so it's a easy connection Mm -hmm. to make as a child of like you're taking me out of the place that i'm used to being in right okay yeah especially really weird thinking about it because I don't even remember it back then but apparently I had this really crazy reaction for a long time or just for like Um, that year just for a while after it I mean of course it faded yeah but I guess kind of as a result that I'm very protective of my dad in a sense okay I mean they get along great my mom and my dad are still very civil towards each other they're still friends they still talk which is very blessed yeah um but even just kind of in day-to-day life like even when talking to my friends i'm very protective of them and i guess that's my thought is that it's a result of what happened and yeah. how i reacted um but they get along great now and at my dad's house i see him the first third and fifth weekend of every month okay. and every thursday okay and because of how it works where I see him more on the weekends mm-hmm. and end of the week. Um, I consider it kind of the vacation house and the yeah. party house. And especially when come here and we have, you know, jam sessions and knees and dart tournaments and all that. Yeah. So it's very We have a lot of fun. Yes. We have a little compound going in our backyards, <laughs> yeah. right? Yeah. Um, so um it's a very different atmosphere because I don't have to deal with school over here and during the week um you know i'm not here versus at my mom's house where you know we go to school and then we have that crazy band schedule with during school year it's three hours every day after school um plus weekends and going in the mornings and stuff so it's a very different so over at my mom's house it's a lot more structured because we need it orderly um 
discipline us versus over here it's kind of just come here to hang out yeah um so that's how i usually to my friends if we're talking about it, i describe like the difference yeah but one thing that my friends can tend to get wrong is that my mom's like this strict you know figure but she's not it's just how it plays out with right. what she has to deal with versus what my dad yeah gets. i mean just the nature of you guys having to go to school go to practice whatever kind mm -hmm. of practice it is whether that's sports or band or whatever you have to have a schedule yeah right and that is a interesting way to describe it because it's just the nature of you get to be here on the weekends or mm -hmm. Thursdays, almost the end of the yeah. week. So you feel like, okay, we're about to be able to relax mm -hmm. for a little bit, right? Okay, so then you said a little bit about like the differences between your mom and your dad, mm -hmm. right? So say a little bit more about like, you know, when you take a couple steps back and you really look at your mom and dad, like t tell us a little bit about um, who they are and like, you know what what you maybe get from them right so from my dad like i said i get more of the relaxation and just kind of more fun mm -hmm. hanging out which is you know it's great and then from my mom i live a very routine life over there mm -hmm. so i get home from school first thing i do is chores um you know we have we had assigned chores when we were younger, but now it's just kind of been developed into our lives where we know what to do. Yeah. We being, me and Ashton. You and Ashton. Uh -huh. um, so, you know, come home, make sure I do all the dishes and I'll do those in the morning if I need to, I'll do the trash, clean the bathroom, do the kitchen floors, all that stuff versus um, when I come to my dad's house, there's no really structure and yeah. discipline type mm -hmm. stuff because, you know, we just see him for, you know, like you said, the nature of the situation is right, different. Right. Um so it's just I'm like going back and forth between these polar opposite environments. Yeah. That's what you told me about that I thought was um interesting. Like you said something about when it takes an adjustment period, yeah. right? Like what what do you mean by or what does it feel like during that adjustment period, like when you get back from your mom like when like today you're going to go back to your mom's mm -hmm. right like how does that feel or like what is that what is that like it's weird because i have to ingest not only with the environments but with the people i'm hanging around so after being with say my mom and my stepdad or whole clan over here yeah. for a while <laughs> i get used to you know seeing their faces and hanging around them all the time and i guess in a sense i kind of get more attached and then the second I'm getting used to them and um, hanging around them, it kind of becomes my new routine. Mm -hmm. Then I have to go and I have to leave and adjust to these people I haven't seen in a while. Mm -hmm. And I mean, of course, when I haven't seen them in a while, it doesn't mean I love them any less or I'm like, of oh, course. you know, but it's just, you know, the routine. But then same thing with I'm with my mom for like during the week and for an extended period of time it's hard leaving and going to my dad's yeah. when i'm used to hanging around her so there's not only that going back and forth between the people but also the environments and there are different things i like from each environment you know i like the amount of kind of unwinding time i have here because it's hard to find that during such a hectic school year schedule yeah. but at my mom's house I really like the structure and orderliness mm -hmm. of it because I'm more productive. I get things done. Mm -hmm. 
often I'm really bored because I have things to do, not only with chores, but since that is my primary living space, that's mm-hmm. where all my cooking supplies are, yeah. all my, you know, like weights and gym stuff. So it's just, you know, having to yeah. adapt to each Ad- environment. Like yeah, adjust, yeah. right? So um, when you go, like, I, I'm curious about, have you been able to figure out ways where you bring a little bit of the structure from your mom like over when you come to your dad's like this particular trip has been or this particular week has been interesting because you've been at your dad's for 10 days right so i know last week when we walked that was the beginning of the 10 days and Mm -hmm. you're like okay i'm trying to get used to the (laughs) non-structure unstructured like time i have but did you were you able to make a plan or anything for yourself for this week that you like brought with you? I mean, kind of. So I remember I was talking about it yesterday, how I completely deep cleaned the kitchen, reorganized everything because at my mom's house, you know, I know where everything is. We have a ton of cooking supplies and environment, you know, like we do a lot of cooking over there versus my dad. You know, it's a lot of grilling and yeah stuff on the grill yeah so it's just refrigerators just raw meat and everything so Mm -hmm. i deep cleaned everything and reorganized it so it wouldn't just be kind of stuff thrown everywhere Mm -hmm. there would be order to it because it just drove me out of my mind yes you were talking about that you're like uh and you even said last weekend you you're like it bug it bugs me when i don't know where things are Mm -hmm. like i wanted to put something away in the kitchen i didn't know where it was so like did you feel better after you had cleaned and like you were able to do that because what also comes with you know responsibility it comes with the feeling of I mean something I do something you know I'm a part of the environment over here and one thing that was weird you know I'm usually not with my dad for the week but since I was it was weird seeing the work environment because I'm so used to only you know messing around playing don't have to get up early and go to school or anything yeah and it just kind of was a reality check in a way that it's not always part over here yeah and so i'd always have this thing when you know earlier in the divorce when i was kind of harsh to my mom mm-hmm. um i would always be like well i don't want to be here i want to be at the fun house the party house oh yeah and then what i learned as i grew older is that no matter where you are, it's not always going to be fun and games. Yeah. And it's just kind of finding the balance and just clear the air. My mom and I are great now. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, we're really close. We're like best friends. Um, but it's just the difference. And even looking at each house, how I'd call this the party house, vacation yeah. house. Um, like we still have fun at my mom's house, but it's a different type of fun. So yeah. we all constantly eat together say mm-hmm. at the dinner table every night or some my dad's house you know my brother will eat in the garage with his recording stuff and he'll yeah. still be doing the guitars and i'll be eating on the counter and you know mm-hmm. it'll be more separate but at my mom's house come together at the dinner table and that's mm-hmm. when we have a lot of our you know fun dinner conversations yeah and, dinner conversations are big yeah and you know even school nights and stuff no matter how busy you are ashton and i will always find ourselves doing some sort of shenanigan messing around so it's all different types of fun versus yeah. here it's you know darts and jam sessions so mm-hmm. it's really different atmospheres um 
We literally yeah. creative moonlight every weekend it, that y'all yeah. are here, right? Like we're always doing playing our ukulele or guitars mm -hmm. or tambourines or drums. Yeah, we got, we got or works. what you know, whatever the case may be. But um, yeah. I think that is. Um, thank you for sharing all of that mm -hmm. too. Um, I know that that is that's really personal stuff to yeah. share and it always sounds um, different coming out of your mouth like when you're saying yeah. things to people and you're like oh my gosh I'm saying this out loud like for other people to know that this is what is going on in my head I think a lot of people can relate to it if they went if they were raised mm -hmm. by parents that got divorced um, Matthew and I always watch like we love you and Ashton like family, you know, and we always have so much respect because we know that it's a huge adjustment to go back and forth between the houses. But we also know you guys are lucky because your parents mm -hmm. both work together to raise you. And there's a lot of people that have that were raised by parents that were divorced that didn't get along yeah. and it was really difficult. So I guess the other thing that you started to talk about was um, like the piece when you said that you were really upset with your mom mm -hmm. and you would say like, I want to be over at the other house. Like where do you, can you recall when that changed? Like when did you make the realization that um, not, it's not always fun in games? Yeah. You know? Um, probably more as I got older. I mean, if you count middle school as even yeah, old. But just is. as I kind of grew up, I would, you know, be able to have more freedom going back and forth. We still stick to the, I guess, schedule you can call it just because, you know, it works. But as we had more freedom, we saw the different environment you had throughout the week. And um, I completely just lost I know, my sorry. train of I thought. I write down things and I think I <laughs> totally messed you um, up there. What was I talking about? So you were saying like the adjustment when you realized that it wasn't all fun and oh, yeah, games. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Um, and so not only that, but yeah, as we grew older and we had more um, freedom, you said. Yeah, freedom, you know, going back and forth. That was probably a very big eye opener was seeing the different environments. Mm -hmm. But one other thing that I you know kind of just pushed it to another level which made me realize was what was it I literally I had like a mental note of it and then it just left when I watched you write um, <laughs> I know shoot I need to not do that <laughs> what was it it'll probably it'll come probably come okay. back if I just keep talking yeah um it was in middle school when I kind of let down my guard to my mom I saw that we were able to have fun mm -hmm. and hang out and that kind of strictly putting a you know a box and labeling my dad's house as the fun house and my mom's as the workhouse mm -hmm. that it really wasn't like that i just had this you know pre like perception yeah. or like preconceived notion mm -hmm. did you actually say to your mom like like did you say to her that we don't have fun here. Like, was there anything that the way you communicated it to her that made her realize that maybe she wasn't showing you that you got are making time for fun? You know, like, did your conversation with her impact the way she decided to start acting with you? I don't think so. I think it was a lot of kind of personal maturity that really enabled her to start having fun with us. Okay. Um, you know, early middle school that 
I still had my guard up with her. Yeah. Um, you and Ashton both are really mature for your age, too. I will yeah. say that. So, yeah, she probably felt like, okay, they can handle it now. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, and that's when we, you know, started hanging out. So, she, which is really amazing. So, she's a great mother, um, <laughs> is that she never really gave up on us. Yeah. That even though I was terrible to her. When I say terrible, I wasn't like a witch, but yeah. you know, I you were, it was the only way, I mean, if you think back to it, it was the only way that you knew how to express what mm-hmm. your emotions were yeah. or your feelings were. So that's the only way you yeah. could do it, right? And one thing that really also kind of helped me bring my guard down is I had this um, idea in my mind that when I was at my mom's house, mm-hmm that y'all were out here having fun without me. Yeah. And then, again, as I realized that, you know, I still had to work, you're adults, (laughs) Um, that, you know, it wasn't always fun and games here, and especially um, having... Like this week, right? Yeah, that too, but also, you know, having, like, a stepdad with my mom and... Yes. With um, T and Mariah, which I consider, like, you know, a stepmom and, like, a sister, that... I kind of was losing my place in the family and that was less of what other people were doing but more of my insecurities coming yeah, out yeah um like i was you know like we said earlier about how it bothered me that i didn't know where it was the only person who was there who i asked was mariah and i'm like wow my you know like ste- kind of like your stepsister yeah she knows my house more than i did and yeah. she was you know my dad was talking about work and she knew the names of the people who was talking about and I didn't. Mm-hmm. And so that, you know, pushed it further. And it was nothing they did. It was just this fear in that my mind that was amplified by yeah. it. Yeah. That's a natural yeah. I mean, that seems like a natural reaction to mm-hmm. say, Whoa, like what is my identity in this family? Yeah. You know? Like because it, it, it's a blended family. Mm-hmm. So I think it that's really the challenge. Is. So then you said something else about so, you know, having this conversation with your mom and having the epiphany that this wasn't just the fun house. One house wasn't just the fun house. One house was like the mm-hmm. work house or the structured house. But you said something interesting when we were walking about how you wish sometimes that your dad would give you more structure, yeah. right? So say a little bit more about that piece mm-hmm. too. I feel like as a kid, we all just kind of, you know, want to go crazy, do whatever. Um, but growing up, you kind of start to realize how much that structure has helped you Mm -hmm. and how much it has become a part of your routine. And I was talking with Mariah last night and we were actually talking about structure and routine. And it's crazy now, say when I go over to a friend's house and it's just an automatic response for me to go up and do the dishes. And then even in school, um, just these little nuggets and lessons that my mom has taught me they play out in school and I see myself using them and you don't realize how big of an impact it's had on you yeah. until you're kind of living your life. And then I come here without this structure and it's almost as if it's like I'm lost. Like I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> Bevo <laughs> wants to climb into your lap. You can get up there, Bevo. Go for it. He doesn't want to be not included in the yes. podcast. He wants to make his debut. Yeah. Um. But it just kind of drives me just a little crazy, you know? Because, I mean, I want to have structure in my life. I want to know what I'm doing. Um, 
but even like cleaning because everything is say in different spots yeah things i feel like i can't properly clean or properly have order because it's not what i truly know is my main living environment so sometimes i'll like i literally i was on my run with my dad and we stopped at the end and we were just kind of talking and i remember i said to him can you discipline me more (laughs) what did he say he was like uh he was kind of he was shocked and he was he was did he say like what what do you mean yeah and one thing that i said and he was kind of just asking about like what do you mean and i just started talking about him like well in mom's house with the different environments you know with school and stuff we have to have that structured life and even though we don't have school here i like that structured lifestyle and i realized at one point i realized that what i was doing at my mom's house even though the environments were different i could still implement into my life here okay and so i said well if i'm cleaning and doing all my chores and just constantly pitching it at mom's house I want to be doing that here. Yeah. You know, I want to just, I feel like everyone, when you're living in a family, they all pitch in. And even though, you know, say kids are dependent, they're still living there. And it just kind of instills a sense of responsibility. And I told my dad, I, I want to be doing the same amount that I do there. I want to be doing that here. And what did he say? He was just like, okay. He was just a little, a little shocked, but he said, but probably okay. super impressed and yeah. proud. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's huge. Yeah. Um, uh, okay. Well then there was one other thing that I wanted to ask you about before we do our top three. Okay. And, um, the end of our walk last week, we got on to talking about like aspirations and mm-hmm. goals that you have. So, um, tell a little bit about like where you are in like or the kind of challenges that you're finding right um so the main thing lately has that i've been thinking about is really a career Mm -hmm. it's kind of crazy because i'm a sophomore but i guess it's probably because you know my best friend's going to be a senior and even though we're not the same age just growing up we've kind of been like put on the same level and so seeing her search for careers it makes me want to do it and even since a young age i don't know why i found such happiness in career searching and college searching but i have in i feel like up until high school i had this idea in my mind of what i wanted to be what my plan was and once i got to high school it just kind of all went away um well because you didn't have time yeah i just didn't know what to do and the problem i find now is that I don't want to have just a basic, you know, cookie cutter job. Um, Even looking for jobs now, you know, just like to make a little money. I'm like, I don't want to work in a fast food restaurant. I don't want to be like a bagger at a store. And I know I don't have a lot of options, but I find myself wanting to do something more meaningful that interests me that can help other people. And then I take that to, well, I can just do that as a career, but there are are so many different life paths and each one that I see there's something about it that just it doesn't you know hit me like you know career searching used to um and you know I'll talk to my dad and my mom about well what do you see me doing and I remember my dad was like you know lawyer doctor all that and that all sounded you know interesting but 
again, it goes back to, I don't want to just go to down a basic, you know, traditional path. traditional path. And it's not that I'm scared of the amount of work you have to put in or anything. And lately I have been thinking about the medical field, but I don't just want to be a plain doctor. Like I want to be doing something special that usually you don't hear. And that really has a big impact on people. So that's kind of where I'm at with Challenge, that. And yeah. I just don't know which way to go to just, you know, go down the easy known path. Yeah. And, or just go down a path that I don't know. And me being a planner, I want to know. Mm-hmm. I want to know what's up ahead of me. And I guess that's something I just have to let go of. Yeah, I, um, I, I think that's really cool of you to like think of careers in that way mm-hmm. because um, the generation that Matthew and I grew up in, you know, we were, were in our 40s and um, most of the people our age kind of have the mentality of like figure it out or just figure something that will work and not necessarily be innovative, mm-hmm. you know, like it wasn't like everybody in our grade or in our class was thinking about new jobs they could create right that was one thing that i would say i don't i we didn't have a ton of entrepreneur friends like we didn't have a ton of people that were like i'm gonna create this new thing you know the other thing that i think our generation kind of lacks that your generation has is you said the word impact Mm-hmm. And of course, everybody wants to make a positive impact. But I think that you guys really think of it about how can you contribute to society? Like, how are you, how can you make society better? Mm-hmm. How can you help people? How can you do something that betters many other people than just yourself yeah. or your family? Right. And just to be even be in that mindset now is huge. Um, it made me think about for for you in the next couple years have you ever made a vision board do you know what that is no the only boards i have are on pinterest <laughs> well that's well, I mean, kind I of guess it kind of counts yeah yeah you could actually make a pinterest vision board yeah i mean i have a like one that's titled future if that counts, yeah yeah but. that's totally it so we had i had to do a vision board i did a vision board at my yoga studio mm-hmm. so we did we did on new year's day everybody that was members at the yoga studio this year we went and we created vision boards so we just had magazines out and we totally made a collage of all the things that inspire us for 2020 right which who knew that this was the year that we were going to have but i mean a vision board is super helpful maybe just to it doesn't even have to be anything other than things that pique your interest Mm -hmm. like if you find a newspaper clipping or on Pinterest, if you see something that looks interesting to you, like I can tell you from where I'm sitting right now, I know exactly what I would want to do if I wasn't doing what I did. So, you know, Matthew and I just came back from that road trip. Mm -hmm. And like, if I could just be a professional, like something involved with travel, that's Mm -hmm. what I would do. Like, I love to research it. I love to find ways to make it possible for specific budgets and, had I known that, you know, yeah, 20 years ago, then my life might be completely different. But I think it's never too early mm-hmm. to like start brainstorming yeah. that. So, okay. Well, I think that I am able to list my top three. And so I'm going to share thoughts about 
that that I heard um, you share or that made me think of new things in regard to building resilience and resolve because I think you have both of those things. You demonstrate those um, on a regular basis and that's really inspiring to me. Um, if you have three that you would like to contribute, I would love for you to add them. Otherwise, you can just elaborate on what you Yeah, I'll just build too. on yours because okay. I just don't know. That sounds great too. All right, so the first one, and these are in no particular order, right? Like it's just kind of me spitballing things. But the first one that I thought was huge was saving space for conversation. <laughs> like if you want to build resilience and resolve, the thing I heard you that were two really critical conversations that changed the way that life was for you was the conversation you had with your mom. Yeah. And even you saying to her comments that you didn't really know what impact that had, like even as a, at a young age saying, I don't want to be here, I want to be somewhere else. That was like an immature way of communicating yeah. it. But then as you got older, you said you were able to make the connections yourself mm -hmm. and have the conversation with your yeah. mom about it, right? So um, yeah, that was the first one that I thought about. What do you think about that? I mean, yeah, that's been really helpful because I find now that um, my mom and I have kind of, we've talked our way through a lot of things Yeah, and that not only lets everyone be heard, but it does leave room for you to resolve and find a solution. Yeah. And my mom and I, we talk about everything now. And I feel like if we didn't have those tough conversations, right. and if we didn't um, say what was on our mind, I don't think we'd be as close as we were now. And, you know, when I was younger, like you said, I just you know, very mature way of dealing with things. But, you know, I was a kid and... Yeah, that's that's a natural um, way to communicate. But I did open the door of, you know, I let her know how we feel. And a lot of that wasn't her. It was me and personal things I need to deal with. But it just enabled us to not only move past it, but just improve our relationship yeah. and, you know, how we lived our lives on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah, it's such a... I, I'm not saying that these are easy things to do like that mm -hmm. is a hard thing to do but the fact that you did it is huge mm -hmm. right it made it helped you start to make progress and change mm -hmm. I think the second one that you said that is connected to the making space for conversations was I said acknowledge your emotions and find out how to communicate yeah. them right so at a young age I think it is appropriate and natural for young kids anywhere between when they get to start speaking or even gosh as a baby you start crying mm -hmm. right I yeah. mean when you're upset you cry it's just that's kind of the only thing you cry yeah. or you smile you know or you puke <laughs> <laughs> or poop right yeah. um but then as you get older I think it was huge that you started as, on your own to acknowledge like what you were feeling mm -hmm. and so for you to say oh I actually want structure mm -hmm. and to have the courage to have the tough conversation with your dad and say hey I want you to discipline us and I want you to have some structure with us mm -hmm. you know and then now that connects back to number one which is now you have yeah. this conversation and then you're able to be on the same page yeah yeah I mean kind of tying it into what we were just talking about with my mom is that you know when I was younger I was so young that when the divorce happened that I didn't understand what was going on and I knew I had those emotions but I didn't 
you know, as a kid, you don't ask yourself why you're feeling a certain way. You just act on it. And as I get older, you start questioning, well, why was I feeling this way? Especially when you look back and you're like, well, my mom didn't do anything wrong to me and neither did my dad, but why am I feeling this way? And just kind of getting, you know, to the root. And so of the issue and, you know, it first starts with kind of an inward act and then so you can express how you're feeling outward. So, you know, you have to fix, you know, what's going on in your head before you can deal with it with other people. And so when, you know, I had that talk with my dad, I found it kind of odd because when I was younger, I just completely rebelled against any type of authority and structure, especially with my mom, because we were going through those tough times. Sure. And now that I'm, you know, kind of gaining some perspective and able to think more on my own, I find how helpful it's been. And, you know, it's kind of a personal thing where I do my best in that environment and I want to always do my best. I want to be productive and get things done. Yeah. Instead of just kind of letting myself sit and, you know, be miserable. Yeah, I hear you say that a lot. You mm-hmm. say, God, I didn't do any, like I, I remember you <laughs> said on Friday, you're like, I'm so glad it's Friday because I've been bored. Like I need yeah. to do something, you know? So um, I think that definitely acknowledging your emotions and thinking about that is a huge factor in building resilience and resolve. And then the last one that I heard um, was trying to find ways to apply your habits that you love about each, like in your case, we're talking about the habits you formed at at your two households, Mm -hmm. right? But even as adults, like if we're really thinking about how to build resilience in ourselves, it's like, I can't just have a habit in one area of my life and not have a habit in another area, right? Like if I wanna be productive, if I wanna be creative, like, you know, connecting back to the whole podcast, I have to find ways to apply these like ideals that I have into all areas of my life. Mm -hmm. And so for you, what I heard you say was, oh, I can bring some of these habits that I have at my mom's house to my dad's and I can apply like my fun, easygoing personality a little bit more at my mom's, Mm -hmm. right? So like trying to be able to be fluid between the two, I guess. And when I question, you know, what is the most important thing to me at each house like what works best for me I know I'm a little young to be thinking about this but I think about you know one day I have kids how am I going to raise them what is the atmosphere of the house going to be like and that kind of helps me organize my thoughts and what is important to me and what works for me yeah and so I find at my mom's house I like the structure the routine because I think that's not only important when you know owning and running a household but also just day-to-day life those are good um you know, habits and characteristics to have. And, you know, we have fun over there, but it's a different type of fun. And I want to have that fun, you know, like sitting down at dinner every night, you know, just the late night, um, whatever we're doing, just messing around. But I also like at my dad's house that it's not just, you know, a normal mundane type thing. We actually do stuff and hang out and, you know, go to the pool and barbecue and do all these jam sessions that usually you don't think of or see. And so it's different in that it just gives you a sense of kind of happiness that you don't really find in anything else. Yeah. yeah. So that's how I kind of think through, 
know what works for me and then it also you know what works for me and then you kind of learn more about yourself in the process yeah that's it's huge to many adults don't have it in them to even stop and truly reflect and say wow I like things this way or I thrive or I'm most productive when I do these actions right and for you to be able to articulate that and say, oh, these are the things that help me to be the best version of myself that I can be. That's huge, you know, to be 15 years old and be able to say that. You have a lot of lessons to teach <laughs> many, many other humans. So, um, well, Ashley, this was super fun. Yes. We still, um, we got to do just a snippet of a jam session. We won't subject you guys to a whole jam <laughs> session because it's a lot of figuring out, but. We learned that fun new song, Little Boxes, by the version I heard was Pete Seeger, I think. I think he was, yeah, Seeger. Seeger. And the one, the version we played was like Marvina something. Yeah. I'd have to look it up. But anyways, um, super fun. Thank you for joining uh, joining Thank me today. Thank you for having me. Um, I've been dying to have you on the podcast. Yeah. And um, so I'm going to let you off the hook now so that you can savor your last couple hours before um, you make the transition. So Back to the grill we go. That's our plans for yeah, the evening. There you go. All right. Well, um, hasta la vista. And uh, this is a wrap for episode 19. <laughs> All right. Let me not mess this up here.